Joy is the air Christians breathe, says Pope Francis. Third-year student Casimir joins me on this week's episode of A Little Wayward Podcast to discuss Pope Francis's vision on joy as an essential characteristic of missionary disciples. Hi, welcome to A Little Wayward Podcast coming out of St. Therese Institute of Faith and Mission. My name is Nick, and sitting beside me is Kazmira Warwa. Um, how are you doing today, Kaz? I'm doing really well today, Nick. Cool. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good, too. Um, so uh, you're a third-year student with us here at St. Therese, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Awesome. And so uh, we've been doing something on the podcast uh, a bit recently where we'll bring on a third-year student and they'll talk about their ISP process that they did in the second year. What is an ISP? Uh, an ISP is an independent study project that each second year takes on writing a 20-page paper on a subject of, of their choice that has to do with Jesus or the church. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we've had uh, Rebecca Scubin. Jim was with her yes, a few weeks yes. ago, and then I've been slowly going through the rest of them and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess uh, the first question I have is, um, what was your ISP on? Yeah, so I wrote my ISP on joy, if I were to explain it in one word. It was really about looking into Pope Francis's teachings and uh, deepening the call to joy that he's calling us all to. Uh, yeah, and a lot of his, uh, in the past two years, I've read a lot of his what are they called? Um, encyclicals? Yeah, or? encyclicals and apostolic exhortations and just letters. And he, he's constantly, joy, joy, joy. He's saying that a lot. And I really just wanted to look at what that meant and how do we, how do we live that out as Catholics today. Mm. So this was a topic that had some personal relevance for you? Or, or did it just stem from that curious yeah, question? Yeah, it, it, a bit of both. It, I wouldn't really say there was like a specific moment that I was thinking I need to write on joy it just throughout, especially throughout my, my first year here at St. Therese, as I was thinking, oh, I might come back for a second year. Oh, maybe I should do a, you know, write an ISP. What would be my topic? That, that was really just a word and something that was sticking out to me hmm. throughout the year was joy. And I love joy. I love laughing. And I just wanted, wanted to know how do I, how do, how do I use that um, as, as a Catholic? How do I, how do I dive into that fruit of the spirit? Yeah, Ooh, and we just got a teaser, just a, a bit of a description of what joy is. Um, yeah, it's funny because that's actually kind of how a lot of second years actually find the ISP process. Mm -hmm. There's like a word or a reality, something like of a question mark that um, is not just from the head, but kind of stems a bit from the heart yeah. too. And um, it mm -hmm. sounds like that that was your experience yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, you would agree. That's, that's all good. Um, so yeah, if you were to um, give like maybe like a two-minute summary of kind of what you found in your ISP, mm -hmm. um, could you possibly do that for us or like? Yeah, that? yeah, for sure. So um, I feel like my ISP was kind of split into um, two sections, and both of the uh, here we talk a lot about um, Godwin Spes twenty-two and twenty-four. Um, mm. So twenty-two being. Uh, man finding himself, or uh, Jesus revealing man to himself um, and who he is. And the second one is man finding himself through a sincere gift of self. And as I was journeying with joy and journeying on what Pope Francis was teaching about joy, that's just the two themes I really found was um, joy is found ultimately in Jesus and that, that he is our joy and that's how we respond to joy. We, uh, by developing a relationship with him and by encountering him, that's how we come to find him who is joy and experience that joy ourselves. And then um, on the flip side, 
or I guess not the flip side, but just the a different side. Um, um, joy is found through a gift of self. Um, it's through, what am I thinking? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we find joy when we give it away. And it, uh, joy is not meant to be something that, that keeps us in, but it's something that's gazed outwards. So when we're, our focus is ultimately not on ourselves, but on others around us, and we're called to love them. And when we do, we, we find the joy through the relationship with other people. Hmm. So. so like there's this twofold movement of yeah. um, you get joy in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who is um, truly God and truly man, mm-hmm. um, fully both. And then there's this aspect of joy grows once you give it away to others. So yeah. kind of this vertical and this horizontal ah, kind of cross. Yeah, <laughs> vertical and horizontal. Which it's funny. My um, my ISP, my first section was a lot about finding Jesus. And then my the second half um, would say was a lot about the gift of self. But right in the middle, um, I talk about joy and suffering. So. Oh, okay. So Ooh. there's crucifixion. <laughs> and you end it with yeah. talking about the resurrection in many yeah, ways yeah. as well. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. So um, I guess... Um, well, I really like the way that you actually began your ISP because you began getting into um, a little bit of that question of continuity because mm-hmm. you, you began the ISP with a few very interesting quotes from Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, um, who, yes. of course, was Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. <laughs> so um, I'll just read out those few sentences that, um, yeah, sure. that, I read, uh, that I saw, and then we can possibly talk about them if that's all right by you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, feel free to say no. Um, <laughs> you know. uh, so this is a quote from Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger. It's from a document called The New Evangelization, Building a Civilization of Love. Um, and it's addressed to catechists and religion teachers in 2000. Um, because, and you can almost see Pope Francis saying these exact words. Oh, yeah. Um, so he says, the deepest poverty is the inability of joy. This poverty is widespread today in very different forms in the materially rich as well as the poor countries. And you go, you go on to quote, the inability of joy presupposes and produces the inability to love, produces jealousy, avarice, all defects that devastate the life of individuals and of the world. What I kind of liked about that is you kind of set up the stakes really well by appealing to Ratzinger, who um, is no dummy, um, with regard to this stuff. Um, and you set up Pope Francis's concerns really well. Um, yeah. Was that kind of what you were planning to do with that? And Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Um, the reason I, I, I started off with this was to really ask the question of why, why is Pope Francis so, so adamant about joy and why is he talking about this a lot? And it goes back to, yeah, just right there, what you were reading with what Benedict or Cardinal Ratzinger was saying was if, if we don't have joy, and if we can't find joy, we, we can't love. Mm. And when we can't love, that becomes a pretty pretty big problem for us. Mm-hmm. So, so he, mm-hmm. he would even go so far as to say, where there is no joy, there is no love. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, and what's more, what's interesting is that he's not just talking about Christians here. Mm, um, no. He's talking about this more mm. universal ache um, mm, in mm-hmm. humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, uh, this inability of joy. Um, and, uh, I guess one of the quick questions that definitely comes for us is the mm-hmm. question of, you guessed it, what is joy? What is joy? <laughs> um, so, uh, what kind of reflecting on your ISP, um, yeah. how would, how would you kind of define joy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So before this podcast, I went on the Catholic Modern Dictionary. <laughs> okay. And, and there it said, um, it was yeah, funny because just reading Pope Francis, you think he would write down what it is somewhere, 
Mm. But he doesn't. And mm. I think I, I think he uh, he's kind of assuming that you know generally what it is, and then he's calling you deeper to that. So the Catholic Modern Dictionary says that joy is the feelings aroused with the expectation or, oh, what's the other word? Possession of some good. So it's basically hmm. the uh, the feelings aroused when we when we see something good or we know something good is to come. And I think that's a pretty pretty general definition of what joy is. And that, like, if you look at weddings or babies being born or other joyful situations, I think that's a pretty good uh, definition. But I think Pope Francis uh, is calling us deeper in the sense that it's not it's not just a feeling. Mm. Um, it's not just aroused by or by our emotions or what we feel. I think there's a deeper sense, and that joy is much more of a, a disposition or of an or an attitude. Mm. Um, and if we think about the fact that that Jesus, like Christ, is our joy, uh, that makes sense because it's about the expectation or possession of something good, and Christ is always with us. Mm. So I think yeah, joy goes a lot deeper in that sense. And as I mentioned before, joy is a fruit of the spirit, and I think that's a that's a pretty important thing to remember um, because it comes out of a relationship with Christ. Mm. Yeah, and that's actually one of the big things you kind of stress in the ISP, that outside yeah. of the relationship with Christ, we may have, say, pleasure. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. may have even happiness, happiness. in yeah. some way. But mm -hmm. outside of Christ, we don't have joy, particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought that was really well stressed. Mm -hmm. um, and when you say fruits of the Holy Spirit, that's all you mean. Like, it's a mm -hmm. fruit of that living relationship with Jesus, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, just clarifying that for mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny because I was doing a little bit of homework on this too. Okay. <laughs> um, where uh, Peter Kraft actually said something okay. really interesting. Um, he said that pleasure appeals to our sensitive appetites. Yeah. And then happiness has to do with, um, like, to an extent, the mind and to an extent, the higher feelings, if you will. Mm -hmm. And joy has to do with our heart. Yeah, yeah. The modern Catholic dictionary was talking about this, how, how joy really, really comes from, I thought this was so cool because writing this all last year, I didn't realize this, but, but it really comes out of the soul because if it solely had to do with like our senses or our physical bodies, angels wouldn't be able to experience joy because mm. angels don't have bodies. But because they do, we know that it's something deeper and something that doesn't just have to do with the senses. More. Yeah, which is where you get into so, disposition or attitude. Disposition of heart, yeah, attitude, um, all those words. Uh, well, another word coming to my mind, um, state of being? Yeah, oh! Is that, what, okay. what, what do you think of that? Yeah, state of being. Um, I like that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, by state of being, are you, are you saying just like uh, something that we like have all the time? Or I... What do you mean by state of being? <laughs> yeah, well, that's my question too. Um, I guess it comes down to me if um, if joy is something that is had in the heart, you mm -hmm. know, in this, and the the catechism kind of phrases the heart as this place mm -hmm. of encounter with God, mm -hmm. where man and God um, are. The, 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 uh, there's the decision for God and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but also that encounter, um, mm. which for you, joy and the encounter with Jesus Christ um, in your ISP and for yeah. Pope Francis are so strong. Yes. Then in that case, this is something that touches at the very core of our being mm. and bleeds out from there, causing a particular okay. state, um, mm -hmm. more like a, a way of life, if you will, mm, rather okay. than a passing attitude or yes. not a passing, a passing feeling. Yeah. Something that's more contingent, I suppose. Yeah, I would agree with that. Something more, uh, more perpetual, if you will. Um, yeah, coming out, of, coming out of who we are. And then uh, we can draw forth from that and live that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the goal. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess um, now that we kind of have like a, a bit a bit of an idea mm -hmm. of what joy is, uh, I guess the number one question is, um, how do we get to it? You yeah. Know? And you have a few different angles you kind of approach this in the ISP. But uh, what would you kind of yeah. uh, offer to that one? Yeah, so <laughs> getting joy. <laughs> um, I think the, f the, f the first thing that comes to my mind and probably one of the first things I mentioned in my ISP is that it, it, com it comes from relationship with Jesus. So we first need an encounter with Christ. Hmm. And that, that, you know, I can't quite give an exact, this is how to do it because it's different for every person. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of that just comes through, through a desire for sure, a desire to get to know Jesus and who he is and a mm -hmm. desire to be like him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from that, uh, yeah, just like actively striving to get to know him. It's, it's so important and crucial that we recognize that, that Christ, Christ is a person and that, well, that he's alive today. Like he, he's alive and he wants to mm. get to know, he wants to get to know Nick and he wants to get to know Kazmira and he wants to be a part of, of my life. And that, that was a, an important journey um, as I wrote my ISP was that I, I made it personal. He wants to get to know everyone, but Jesus also wants to get to know me. Hmm. And, and from that, I, I want to get to know him. And so, yeah, just really, really making time. Yeah, just striving, striving to have an encounter with Jesus uh, every day. So through, through prayer and through, through uh, the Eucharist, because that's, that's him. And by consuming him, we become more like him. And through scripture, hmm. it's also a huge one, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, you make the interesting observation that yeah. Pope Francis doesn't discount the Eucharist at no. all, but mm -hmm. he does stress scripture. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a really interesting way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, as I was reading him, he, not that, not that he's again like discounting or negating the Eucharist, but he definitely has this emphasis on scripture, and I think he's just calling, calling out Catholics to to read scripture and realize that 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 is the living word of Christ, and if we're striving to encounter him, it's that we're striving to get to know his word and get to live his word. And again, make, make the word personal for us when I'm reading the gospels, am I thinking about it as something that happened 2000 years ago that doesn't really apply to my life or is mm. it something that's actually, actually important and present for me today? Mm -hmm. And I would think yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, a phrase from Cardinal Ratzinger again is kind of coming mm -hmm. to my mind. He talks about how in the dialogue with the word, we find the word behind the words. You know, yes. so the capital W behind the little mm. W words mm -hmm. of scripture. Um, and it appears to me that Pope Francis is really just emphasizing that. Oh, yes. Um, in a sense that everything that came before in scripture is just a type of Christ. Um, mm. And mm -hmm. that the way he's acted before in history is exactly how he's acting now. Um, he does mm. a lot of things in surprising ways, but mm. the, there is the real heart of Christ on display in the scriptures. Um, mm -hmm. so no, I, I thought that was a really interesting aspect. You also emphasize two, um, particular attitudes, or maybe they're the same attitude, um, in one, um, openness and receptivity. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, it certainly doesn't negate anything you've said. Uh, just maybe a, a word or two on that. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, just talking about... <laughs> openness and receptivity. I probably use those words simultaneously sometimes, switching them in and out. Um, but I, I think, yeah, if, if we're choosing to encounter Christ and if we're choosing to, to follow him and, and really get to know him in his word, we're, we're going to be changed. <laughs> hmm. And I think there's a certain amount that we have to, we have to be open to what Christ is saying and be, be open to the change that he's offering us. If he's, 
you know, he's offering us a, a, a new life. <laughs> um, and I think it's important that we recognize that and that, yeah, we're open to it and receptive to what he chooses to give us. And mm. that, that's a huge one for me. I, I like to be in control of things. <laughs> mm. And I like to, to know what's what and go on. But sometimes with Christ, we don't exactly know what's coming. And we just have to be, be, be open to what he presents to us and be open to the change that he's calling us to. It's interesting because uh, when you mention the words open and receptive, it almost mm-hmm. makes, it seems to me like openness almost refers to the mind, kind of like uh, saying, yes. yes, I recognize you are the source of all life or something like that. Mm-hmm. And receptivity almost comes to the will um, oh, in, yep. some well, in some ways. Like yeah. you can have like a little kid who's like, uh, um, fine, I'm open to, you know, have, uh, <laughs> have like my vegetables, but they aren't opening their mouth yeah. um, or yeah. something <laughs> like that, right? Um, uh-huh. That's almost the analogy that's coming to mind. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, like openness, receptivity, yeah. prayer, Eucharist, the sacraments. Yeah, and just what you were saying, like the will, I think is a huge, huge part of this. I just recognizing more and talking about the disposition of heart and the the state of being enjoy I think a lot of it we we have to choose it mm. um, yeah you know because the the feelings you know with whatever the feelings are going to come and go and you know there's going to be times where we're really feeling like we're encountering the Christ in scripture or in anywhere and sometimes where it's going to be really dry or you know, it's not going to be a lot but um, mm. yeah I think a lot of it is yeah choosing choosing Jesus and choosing to follow him um, even if yeah again even if we don't feel it mm-hmm And I guess um, this kind of segues naturally into the part of your ISP where you begin Mm -hmm. to talk about the trials for joy. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned dryness, um, and somehow this can kind of coexist with joy in some way. Um, There's also actual physical suffering. For Mm -hmm. example, looking at Christ on the cross, like we can... We can all probably admit in some some level that Jesus was joyful all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? But then we have Jesus (laughs) on the cross Look at the cross and you're like, well, how is, that, how is that possible, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you kind of find um, helpful for clarifying that? Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, um, journey, yeah, it's funny that this is the part of the ISP that I kind of, I think while I was writing it, I just kind of like dipped in and out, like, oh, just leave that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think this is probably the part that's been sticking out to me the most since, uh, since writing my ISP in, in the year after. Mm. It's been about a year since I, but I handed it in mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think, I think, um, when it, when it comes to, yeah, like the dryness and the sufferings, yeah, there is a, I think like with dryness, there's again a huge, huge thing that we think, we think joy is about the feeling and we think joy is about, you know, kind of, kind of what's going on on the outside, but it is a lot about what's going on on the inside. And it's important to remember that, especially if we are going through perhaps some harder times or more sufferings, um, that, um, yeah, again, just because we're not feeling joy doesn't mean we don't have the disposition of joy. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of it um, comes with gratitude. I think that's a really big opener to joy in our lives and it really comes in handy through you know through times of suffering and trials um to learn to to look at what we can be grateful for and to see the goodness um in those moments even when it's difficult and yeah just thinking <laughs> think going back to that definition it's you know it's not only possession of something good but joy is the expectation of something good and i think mm. in times of the cross you know you look at that and you're like well that's not good but then you remember what comes after that it's the resurrection mm. and that that's yeah. really what what brings the joy, I think, in times of the cross. Hmm. Um, yeah, remembering that there, there is an end, uh, that there is heaven, that there is the resurrection to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and 
Jesus is with us always. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that, that's difficult to remember when, when things are tough and when things are hard. But if Jesus are, is our joy and we're going through hard times, our joy is not gone because Christ is mm. there. And I think that's- It's always on offer. Yeah, it's always on offer. And I think a huge, that, that's really important to remember um, when things are not going great. And to remember, yeah, deep down that Jesus is there. And that, that, that takes a lot of trust, <laughs> a lot of trust and a lot of faith mm. and a lot of hope. So faith, hope, and charity are important. <laughs> More virtues. <laughs> More virtues to kind of consider for another day. Um, or every day, really. Um, and I guess that actually kind of illuminates a, a, another um, focus that Pope Francis has. Like when he released his uh, exhortation to young people uh, yes. last year um, or the year before. I forget which it was. Ago, yeah. Two years ago. It's called Christus Vivit. Um, which I think is Christ is alive yes. is the translation. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the biggest things in that encyclical. And it made mm -hmm. an appearance in your ISP actually. It did. Um, where it's basically this truth that Christ is alive. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it, the next thing it says is he is our hope, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and at first, if you're not really paying attention, this is kind of annoying. It's like, yeah, I know. I know <laughs> like God's alive and present and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then it almost gets down to what you seem to be indicating, do we really yeah. know that he's there? Do we see certain parts of our lives and certain sufferings and lack and drynesses mm -hmm. as him present? Or are we subtly believing that he's not present? Um, is that kind of yeah. why you think he's kind of emphasizing that? I precisely totally for those agree. moments of darkness? or Yeah, those moments of dark. Yeah, probably precisely for those, but also just in general. I think like yeah, what you were saying, we were like, yeah, like Christ is alive, of course. Um, but I think sometimes we just think it with our head and it's so much about bringing that, that thought from the head and actually coming to a true belief in, in our heart that Christ, Christ is not dead, um, but it wasn't just Christ was alive and now is like in heaven doing whatever he's doing. Like Christ, mm. Christ is alive. Christ is my hope and continues to be my hope mm. um, in the everyday. Yeah, it's not as if the ascension was him just departing, <laughs> departing the battlefield. Um, I like to think of it as almost like he took the position of captain. Um, mm. He's actually very mm -hmm. involved yeah. calling the shots and stuff like that. Yeah, true. My, my favorite question that little kids ask is, when did Jesus die for the second time? And you're like, well, that, that's the thing. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Christ is <Yeah>. alive. <laughs> but... Yeah, but. But we can act like that so yeah. many times. Like yeah, totally. when he, uh, he died the second time right now, um, <laughs> like in this particular I'm moment. I'm having trouble, so he's gone now, yeah. but no. And I guess this is where the choice for Christ really applies, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Because mm -hmm. receptivity is a choice. Mm. Um, will. And to actually receive Christ in that moment. Um, it's funny because I was just reading a book recently on, um, or listening to a podcast, I forget which, but it was on um, abandonment to divine providence. Um, which is by a, a French Jesuit, I believe. Yes. Uh, Jean de Cossade, is that uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't really pronounce it properly. <laughs> you, you, you seem to know about it. Um, I've never read it, but he, he are, we, are we reading? So, anyways, the book popped up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's been popping up recently. Um, uh -huh. But he makes the point that with God, um, who is all good, um, the question is, of course, what do we think of God being all good in these darker moments? Um, in our histories. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the author of Divine Providence, or um, Abandonment to Divine Providence, he basically makes the point that everything that exists in the world exists because of God's will. 
-hmm. other words, mm -hmm. everything exists either by his active will or his permissive will. Right. His active will is the destining towards beatitude and happiness and deep, deep joy, heaven abiding mm -hmm. joy mm -hmm. uh, for all of creation. Mm -hmm. But then his permissive will covers um, basically everything else, like those free movements of free will that we make. Like he mm -hmm. has permissively willed or permitted mm -hmm. um, something as dark as the Holocaust or something mm -hmm. like that. And the only reason he actually allows that is so that he can turn it to a greater good. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me wonder, um, it makes, I think that what the truth is there is that that means joy is on offer all the time, even in the darkest sufferings, mm -hmm. although in the most surprising of places. Um, mm -hmm. And if you look at the cross, that was not from God's, <laughs> uh, it was not God's original plan. No. But it, was, it became his plan, mm. you know? Yeah. And so I wonder if um, that, that is just the deeper reality um, that joy is there in the gritty as well as the nice, mm. you know. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about how, yeah, through through times of darkness, suffering, through the cross, he brought out a greater good than what mm. was original plan. Because sometimes we're like, okay, like God, God has this plan, and then oh, something bad happens, and he just kind of tries to make it back on, but he, but he makes it better than it would have been originally. Mm. And I think that's what that's what brings a lot of a lot of joy and hope and suffering. That that what's coming out of this is greater mm. than what would have been before. So, yeah, and I think one of the things we talked about was this expectancy that comes with joy. Yeah. Where yeah. you are expecting good things and there's this anticipation. Yeah. And that's, um, and that's always on offer. Yeah, there's kind of, there's kind of a bit of a both end there because Pope Francis uh, definitely talks a lot about the, um, the ever-present joy, um, the fact that Christ is our joy all the time and he's with us daily and that this joy is, is present with us all the time. But there is a definite aspect of that which is expectant. Well, like our, our true and full joy, I would say, is in heaven. Mm -hmm. and yeah. we our final joy. Yeah, yeah. we've got to wait for that. <laughs> so we've got to live in our expectant hope <laughs> or, and expectant joy. Mm -hmm. No, very good. Oh. Um, so if you, you, you mentioned a few times that like, um, <laughs> you've, you've kind of been developing stuff since your ISP. Um, yeah. Like uh, that section on the cross, you've been thinking about it a yeah, lot yeah. since. Um, has there been anything else kind of been developing yeah. from this process and how have you found it bearing fruit in your own life? Oh, it's, it's been a lot of fruit. I, I'd say one of the, one of the biggest things I've taken out of it that I, it's one of those things that you're writing and it doesn't quite cl click and then, and then it's been months after you write and then it clicks, um, has just, yeah, been a lot about, again, joy being a choice and the thought of feeling your feelings and choosing your attitude. Mm, um, that's that is, a typical phrase to use here. <laughs> typical St. Therese saying, feel your feelings, choose your attitude. And I think that really comes into play here. And yeah, first first of all, I think uh, I've really just been taking this to heart to, to feel my own feelings um, in times where I am joyful and I'm happy and I'm having a great day and I'm laughing a lot, like to feel those and to thank the Lord for them and to praise them. You know, if I'm in a time of consolation in Ignatian terms, um, to be able to feel those and to thank God for them and to, in that moment, choose joy, which isn't that hard if I'm already feeling that, um, but to still choose it and make a choice. Sweet, I'm going to continue with this and I'm going to thank Jesus and continue. And then um, on the other side, if I'm, there's a day when I'm just having a bad day, um, to not necessarily just push those to the side and be like, well, I'm going to mm -hmm. choose joy anyways, but to, but to mm -hmm. feel them, like to to turn to the cross or to turn to God and be like, God, I'm mm. having a bad day. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's been um, really, really important in my life in these past few months, just to be able to, to feel what I'm feeling. Um, 
and then and then from that be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I acknowledge. Um, Jesus, how can I choose joy in this? How do I how do I be joy? What can I be grateful for in mm. this moment? And sometimes I don't have the answer myself, so I just turn to God. <laughs> how do I be joyful <laughs> in this moment? Yeah, and not necessarily. Yeah, I guess state of being comes back as not necessarily feeling joyful, but how do I be joyful? Mm. And mm. of course, from being. Um, does spring certain feelings and stuff like that. Yeah, There's an yeah. overspill, mm-hmm. but that uh, we need to admit the source of the font before we admit uh, yes. the splattering of the water and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, joy does not come from me. <laughs> it comes <laughs> yeah. from as much as I want it to come from me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I you know, know, I think that's doesn't. very human. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there certainly were a few other thoughts kind of coming around in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that kind of came to mind is when you say the saying, feel your feelings, uh, choose, choose your attitudes. Attitude. Um, it reminds me a bit of actually uh, Viktor Frankl, who okay. was a Jewish psychologist who actually survived um, the Jewish consecration camps, uh, tr- concentration camps in the Holocaust. Um, he found that... Um, it was people who had meaning and something that they actually were able to get happiness and joy out of from that meaning that were able to survive. And his big, big quote that came from this time period is, it is one of the last of the greatest human freedoms to choose one attitude despite any circumstance. The question of course is, choosing an attitude always rests on a meaning. Um, Mm. If you have no reason to choose an attitude, Mm -hmm. then you know, it, it sits on a frail foundation. And so if you look at Christ, who is the, the greatest reason, mm. the greatest logos of human life, then it makes mm. a lot of sense. Yeah. So, no, that was all coming to mind while yeah. you were speaking. Is this, is this the man's search for meaning guy? Yeah, that okay. is the same guy. He wrote a little book, A Man's Search for <laughs> Meaning. Okay. You can read it in one sitting if you really feel like it. Okay, okay good to know. Again, a book that never read but pops up all the time. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a classic for that reason. Um, do you have any, um, I guess, closing thoughts on... Um, joy and you know receptivity and stuff and like why why do you think that this is important for the Mm. church and this community of saint therese and the wider community of the church in canada maybe particularly um Mm -hmm. anyone really why would it be important to reflect on this yeah um i think think there's a there's a fair amount of reasons but i think one of them is just to to be who we say we are (laughs) as christians and as catholics we are in Easter people, I think, is that coming from John Paul II or something? I think it is John Paul okay. II. We yeah. are an Easter people, and we are people of the resurrection. And it's important, it's important that we live that, that we're not just, just thinking about it, you know, being, saying that, um, oh, yeah, like, like Christ is great, Christ is our hope, and heaven's going to be awesome, but then living, living these lives that, are, mm. that don't show that. I think it's so important that what, we, what we're preaching and what we're doing come together. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and I think that's a lot of just what I was finding that Pope Francis was saying. It's important for the church that we actually are joyful rather than just talking about being joyful. And I think a huge part of it is it really plays into evangelization, which again, Pope Francis is big on. Uh, joy is really attractive. <laughs> when, you, mm, when you see yeah. people being joyful, you, you want in on that. When you, when you see, you know, a lot of the people, um, or I wouldn't necessarily say a lot of people, one of the experiences I had was when first coming to St. Therese before I was a student was just a profound encounter with joy. Mm. Um, and really thinking in my head, not being able to articulate it at the time, but thinking I, I want what they have. Mm. And I think there's a huge part of joy that, that can really draw people in. And that's why joy 
joy is meant to be spread and meant to meant to go out and bring us out of ourselves um, so that we can we can spread the good news to everyone. Mm -hmm. if, if the good news was something sad, we wouldn't want to spread it, <laughs> but it's good news for a reason. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, about the, about the call to evangelization and about just the, yeah, living out the true call of being the Easter people and being the people of the resurrection and pointing to the ultimate joy, which is heaven. Mm -hmm. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, that, yeah. was, uh, that was very good. Um, being who we say we are mm. um, and doing so authentically. Yes, I think is the big one, which true. is why the relationship with Christ is so important. Yeah. Because um, in this joy is not just mere optimism. No, um, no. Like yeah. always looking on the bright side of life, you know, mm -hmm. as maybe Monty Python will put it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I somehow yeah. weaseled a Monty Python <laughs> reference into the podcast. Um, <laughs> but it's also, you know, facing the gritty realities of life. Yeah. And then finding that anchor mm. in Christ who is able to do this and somehow being joyful in the middle of it, yeah. you know, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of, uh, mm. even the good times, re even rejoicing properly in good times and stuff. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, thanks very much Kaz for mm. joining me today on the podcast. Um, I found that mm -hmm. very edifying and, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get you up here again someday. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Not another ISP. <laughs> Not another ISP. Yeah, maybe that's over. Maybe for something else. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, thanks to everyone who were tuning in for this, uh, this week's podcast. Um, we hope to see you again. Um, stay tuned for our next podcast coming out, uh, which you, you'll be sure to see. Thanks so much. Please like, share, or subscribe on YouTube, and you can find Little Wayward Podcast on any major podcast platform.